guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. All right, welcome back. I love I love peanuts. I love Charlie Brown. I don't know about you, but uh, when I was growing up as a kid, yeah, that was literally my favorite. I mean, my absolute favorite cartoon. Probably still my favorite today, to be honest with you. <laughs> I I love the Peanuts Gang. You know, and my favorite uh, show that they did or movie that they did was uh, Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown. I don't know why. That's the one. Uh, if you ever. Uh, would catch me as a kid. I'd be sitting in front of, pasted in front of the TV, watching that on as many times as I probably could, possibly could. Uh, secondary to that would have been uh, Bomboyage, Charlie Brown, and then uh, Snoopy Come Home. But I, I, and you know, obviously all the specials. But I, growing up on that, I loved it. I love it today. My kids uh, probably don't love it as much as I did, but they do all love at least the holiday specials as much as I love the holiday specials. Uh, and what I like most about them, any of those movies, any of the holiday specials, I could press uh, play on the Blu-ray and walk away. I don't have to worry that there's any weirdness in them at all. It's, it's beautiful. Um, if you are unfamiliar with the Bible, Isaiah 9-6 was what he was just reciting. Um, just to be helpful for anybody that would like to go in there and read it. Uh, it's, uh, again, Isaiah 9-6. All right, um, we're going to change things up a little bit today. It's Christmas. I think we we could do an episode. I think, I think we're deserving of an episode where we're not going to talk about news today. I'm not going to go over any of the nonsense that's going on. It's Christmas. It's the 23rd. Tomorrow's Christmas Eve. It's about family and friends. Uh, it's about celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to give you... Fun Christmas facts today that I think, just in case it's stuff you didn't know, maybe stuff you already did know, and we're just going to have a little bit of fun with it, and then I got a little treat for you at the end. So let's get into it. Let's start with candy canes. Does anybody know, can anybody tell me what the symbolism of a candy cane is? Some people may know, some people may not know. Um, If you go back and you look at the history of when a candy cane was built. If you look on Wikipedia, you're going to get something completely different than what I'm about to read you. Wikipedia, I'm not a big fan of Wikipedia personally, but there's a lot of wrong information in there. But 
Hard candy of a candy cane reminds us that Jesus Christ was like a rock and he was dependable. The peppermint, pla- the peppermint flavors is like the gift of spices from the wise men. The white part of the candy stands for Jesus as the holy, sinless son of God. The letter J, obviously, is for the name Jesus, our Savior. The cane is like the staff used by the shepherds in carrying for sheep, or in caring for sheep, not carrying. They probably did carry some of them. <laughs> uh, because Jesus is our good shepherd. The color red is God's love that is sent, uh, that he sent Jesus to give his only begotten son for us on the cross, which would represent his blood. Uh, and the stripes remind us of his suffering, his crown of thorns, his wounds, his hands and feet, and the cross on which he died. So little fun fact about a candy cane. If you didn't know it, that is why it was made. It was a representation. You will find the more you get into the Bible and the more you get into Christianity, you will see how it interconnects with things you couldn't even begin to imagine. It's it's one of those things. Uh, if you are completely new to the Bible, uh, something that you may or may not know, and I might have already mentioned this on here, but if you like, let's say, the series The, uh, the Matrix, the name of his ship is the Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> Where do you think they got the name? Anyway, who do you think it was? All right. All right. Decorating Christmas trees. Why do we put ornaments on Christmas trees? You know, nowadays people just decorate Christmas trees because they want it to look a certain way. Um, yeah, yeah, they go for style. A lot of people like to decorate it because it's the family fun of it. You sit down there and it generally starts out with mom and dad helping kids and it slowly works its way into mom and dad getting some free labor (laughs) and letting the kids do the majority of the work as you sit back and finally take a little bit of a breather. (laughs) But the reason that we decorate trees is because it symbolizes the paradise tree in the story of Adam and Eve uh, as so to remind them of the paradise tree that held the forbidden fruit that Eve succumbed to. This is why we decorate Christmas trees. It is a reminder of said tree. Uh, Christmas trees were later decorated with delicious treats like gingerbread and the shapes of stars, angels, uh, and holly, as we know today. Uh, Like I said, it has taken on a little bit different meaning, but the original meaning uh, was a little bit deeper than what we do today. Today, people want uh, gold trees and blue trees and purple trees and all kinds of color trees now because it's fashionable and they like the way it looks, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but just giving you a little bit of backstory why we do that. Uh, why do you put lights on trees? I mean, if if you were a betting man, certainly if you are a Christian or anybody practicing um, in Christianity, you would probably guess this without me telling you. But putting lights on the trees goes back to the idea of the lights that represent Jesus Christ as the light of the world, the light in the darkness. God is the light. God is as bright as the sun. So you put, they put uh, originally, which, <laughs> again, it's a little dangerous, but uh, candles, on the, <laughs> candles burning on the edge of the trees there, which, I, you know, I got to wonder how many houses burned down. I got to be honest with you. I mean, if you, if you, if you have not, uh, I would, I would encourage you to take the smallest little branch. This is small, maybe three inches big. And if you got like a little fire pit outside, throw it in there with the leaves and see, see how it looks. So you want to talk about hot fuel? 
Oh my God. Now, if you're a country boy or country girl, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You throw it in the fire. My God, it is a ball of fire in seconds. So <laughs> I don't know how smart of an idea it was to go that route. Although the symbolism is beautiful, uh, but the candles very, very dangerous. I would not personally, if they were doing that today, I would certainly put fake candles or I'd put candles on there that would never ever be lit until maybe it was outside somewhere because that, that is dangerous, but it does symbolize the light of Jesus Christ. Tinsel. And I don't, you know, I don't even know. I don't even know if anybody does tinsel anymore. I was telling my wife this year, we were looking for it. I couldn't find any in Walmart. Um, and I, I just, I couldn't find any, but I probably could have found it online. Uh, but we just, you know, we're, we're trying to limit how much we order online. If we can't get it in person and support the people around here, what's the point? But, um, Tinsel. I like tinsel on a tree. It, it, it depends what era you grew up in. If you're around my age, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, tinsel looks beautiful when you first put it down. By the time Christmas comes, especially if you have a fan in the house or anything, man, that tinsel is a hot mess. <laughs> but still fun. I, I, I like it. Anyways, tinsel was added as a decoration for Christmas trees to reflect the candle flames flicker and glisten. So, uh, and that was around the 17th century. I guess the people in Europe got a little bit wise to the candles and stopped burning trees down, <laughs> uh, uh, as though they were uh, twinkling stars in the sky, but on their trees. So, if you ever wondered why you do some of those things, that's why we do them. Okay. So, now that we get away from that, how this is a good challenge. What do you think? I mean, if you could sit here and think about it, and I'm going to give them to you in order. What do you think the 20 best-selling Christmas gifts of all time are. Where, where would you be at with that? I'm actually going to go backwards because it's better to start backwards and then work your way to number one rather than start at number one and work your way down. Uh, so let's go. Number 20, most popular best-selling Christmas gifts of all time, 1936, The Monopoly. The Monopoly, the real estate board game in 1936, best-selling toy or, or top 20 so uh, number 20 best-selling toys of all time that's pretty uh that's pretty interesting i mean back then well, you didn't have a whole lot to do you didn't have television yeah so you listened to radio you played board games with the family so i get that one 1943 and i gotta say this is a pretty hot selling item still today i would think was the slinky <laughs> yeah everybody had a slinky slinky's good for about 10 minutes until you bend it <laughs> and you know the other problem with the slinky? If you're like me, you didn't have a second floor. You kind of looked around and you were working with one step outside. You just you put it on one step, it goes down, and it's like you don't even get to see it walk. It's just like this is terrible. This is ter I need a, I need a I need a stair. You dreamed of a staircase if you had that slinky. 1952, Mr. Potato Head. Well, Mr. Potato Head is now gender neutral. <laughs> I'm not trying to get too deep into that. But 1952, Mr. Potato Head. 1959. The one and only uh, Barbara uh, Millicent Roberts. I have, it's a Barbie doll, uh, more than a billion sold. I, that one I am unfamiliar with, uh, probably because I am not gender neutral. So that one I didn't play with, wouldn't know about that one. But that was that. Number 16, 19, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, 17. Number 17, 1975. This one is, this still amazes me to today. So depending on how old you are, you're probably thinking in your mind, oh man, 1975, what was the best one? The Pet Rock. 
Oh, man, that's a hot toy, man. Listen, the guy that invented that, genius. He's standing outside one day. You just picture it. Standing outside in his underwear, scratching his butt. He's looking around, whole bunch of rocks in the yard. And he goes, you know, I wonder if we could paint these rocks different colors and call it a pet and say it's a pet rock. Billion-dollar idea. It's amazing. The perfect pet. Doesn't do anything. You don't have to feed it. You don't have to walk it. You don't have to water it. You don't have to do anything to it. You get it. It's colorful. It sits on your door. You end up using it as a paperweight or you throw it at somebody. <laughs> that is the fate of the paper rock. 19, not 1975. 1978. Hungry, hungry hippos. That's a pretty rocking game. I like that game when I was a kid, so I'm with the hungry, hungry hippos. 1980. The most confusing thing you will ever buy, and to this day, I have never figured one out. There are people that are greater than I. The Rubik's Cube. <laughs> I got to tell you, uh, that thing, amazing to have, and you just are like, I'm never going to figure this out. This is this is terrible. 1983, I vividly remember this, uh, Cabbage Patch Kids. Who did not have a Cabbage Patch Kid? I mean, they. it was so big they even made boys want cabbage patch kids i mean on all accounts these are little dolls for girls and it's like man i need i need a boy cabbage patch kid man those things those things are pretty good <laughs> 1989 i have one my actually one of these and my son actually has one of these because he's he's into old stuff like i am 1989 uh the game boy nintendo's first hell a handheld game console the game boy amazing i mean the the amazing that you could walk around that that was like revolutionary at the time with a video game in your hand you could change out all the games it was just as unfair as the t is is the one you play on your tv because you swear they cheat all the time <laughs> but a great great system nonetheless 1991 pogs uh the cardboard bottled caps from the Passion Fruit Orange and Guava brand. Um, these were used to play popular games among children. Uh, that one, I'm not really, Pogs, I don't remember. I don't know why. 95, Beanie Babies. I mean, Beanie Babies were big back then. They're still kind of big now. The Beanie Babies, my God, some of those are worth a ton of money right now. It's, it's actually stupid, to be honest with you. 1996, probably the one that everybody knows. The most famous one that everybody makes fun of in the movies and everything. Tickle Me Elbow. 1997, uh, I don't even know what it is. Uh, must have been a handheld digital pet release uh, by Bandai in 1996. They became the biggest fads of the 90s and early 2000s. I don't know what those are. Furby, I do remember. Number 8, 1998, Furby. You know, the electronic, 1999, Pokemon. I think people are still Pokemon fans today. Excuse me while I flip my paper. All right, number six. We're getting there. In the year 2000, Razor Scooters, still pretty popular today. 2001, Bratz. I always thought Bratz were very weird looking with their big old heads and stuff, but the girls love them. 2007, the iPod Touch, which which comes in at number four. 2010, the Apple iPad. You know, no big surprise there. 2012, the big system was the Wii U. Uh, people love that. My kids have that. That's a pretty cool system. Um, and then number one, uh, best-selling of all time, Nintendo's most iconic game system. They rebooted it. That was when it was the little mini NES. If you remember, it was it 2016. They came out that tw- it had all the game, not all the game, but it had like 30 games on it or something. 
amazing. So all of the nostalgia was there for all of us older people. And then the younger people got a hold of it. And it's like, wow, this is amazing. You couldn't even get a hold of one of those. So <laughs> there is your top 20 best yeah, our best-selling games or toys for Christmas of all time. Now, movies. I went through and I got a hundred on this list. We're not doing a hundred because that just yeah. I'll be honest with you, some of these songs are like, for example, uh, number twenty is "Grandma Got Run Over by by a Reindeer." Elmo and Patsy. I mean, classic. I'm gonna start at twenty, work my way down here. May you always, Harry Harrison. Uh, Happy Christmas. War is over. John Lennon and Yoko. John Lennon was, I don't, are you a Beatles fan? Because I'm not, I, I'm, I don't know, I'm just, be, you know, people are like, hey, you're either an Elvis fan or you're a Beatles fan. I'm like, I, be honest with you, I don't like either one of them. I don't know, maybe it's me. Uh, I probably, probably just upset some people there. Uh, where are we at here? Uh, do they know it's Christmas? Band-Aid? I mean, every year. That That's a pretty big one. I was surprised that's at number 17, to be honest with you. Santa Claus is coming to town, Four Seasons. Uh, number 16, number 15, for the holidays, or I mean home for the holidays, excuse me, Perry Como, that's a big one. Number 14, by the anti-American Bruce Springsteen, Santa Claus is coming to town. Uh, number 13, Baby's First Christmas, Connie Francis. Number 12, You're All I Want for Christmas, uh, Brooke Benson, uh, Benton. Brooke Benton, I like some of his other music. Uh, number 11, Rockin' Around a Christmas Tree, Brenda, Brenda Lee. I mean, you can't go, you can't even have Christmas if you don't hear that song. Uh, number 10, Donde Esta Santa Claus, Augie Rios. Number 9, Little Drummer Boy, Harry Simone, uh, Troll, doesn't matter. <laughs> number 8, Here Comes Santa Claus, Gene Autry. That's the one I like the best, personally, Gene Autry's version of it. Um, number 7, Snoopy's Christmas by the Royal Guardsmen. Number six, the Christmas song by Nat King Cole, which honestly, that one surprised me. I thought that would be closer to number one. I thought I thought that one and the one that is number one would be kind of jockeying for first place because Nat King Cole, that version of uh, the Christmas song, I don't think anybody does it better than him. Uh, Jingle Bell Rock, Bobby Helms, I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus, Jackson 5, that's a good one. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Gene Autry once again. Number two is the one where I'm telling you, I think they messed up here. They should have put um, Nat King Cole at number two because they got number two as the chipmunk song, <laughs> the hula hoop song. All I want, uh, what do you want for Christmas? He just wants a hula hoop. Christmas, Christmas. I don't know. Me personally, that 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 song. I mean, it's good for the kids. That that's not one. And number one, yeah, you obviously would have to know this. Uh, White Christmas by Bing Crosby. I mean, that's you, you just can't have Christmas without that song. One of the ones on the, that was way further down on the list that I personally love is Frank Sinatra's version of um, the Christmas Waltz amazing version of that. Uh, and Perry Como, you know, he's, he, to me, he's great. So he did quite a few. All right. I got a little treat for you. Here we go. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, fear not for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel 
a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, good will toward men. Luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 15. My beautiful wife decided to read that. <laughs> I thought it would be fun to put her on here. First time anybody heard her voice in two and a half years. <laughs> so from my family to yours, I wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. I hope you have a wonderful time with your loved ones. We will do it again next week. Merry Christmas. dreams come true. Wishes you and yours the same thing too. Merry Christmas.